everyone, and welcome to my next episode of Sauce in the City. I'm your host, Zoe, and today I am so beyond excited. This is actually my second time recording this, to be completely honest, <laughs> but it's, I'm so excited to be here with the founder and owner of ABC Food Tours, Matt James. Hey, what's up? Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's just kind of um, dive into it. Actually, I'm going to plug my, my cookies first. <laughs> I make cookies. For those of you who aren't in the apartment with us right now, there is a fresh hot plate of chocolate chip cookies. For those of you who do not know, I am the biggest chocolate chip cookie fan, and these are fire. So I'm very content right now. I'm in a good spot. Okay, great. We'll <laughs> get into your love for cookies in a little bit because I really want to actually hear about that. <laughs> um, so if you don't mind just kind of providing some like background info, kind of where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to college, etc. Yeah. So um, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I uh, was in Raleigh my entire life. I uh, went to college in North Carolina at Wake Forest, right down the road from Raleigh and Winston-Salem. And um, athletics has always been a big part of my life. I, um, I played football in college, and uh, part of my decision of, of staying in state was so that my mom could come to a lot of the games. Um, you could say I'm my mama's boy, but uh, I wanted her to, to be at all my games, and we have a really good relationship, so that was important to me. And um, once I graduated, I kind of stuck on that, that athletic trajectory and, and played with the Saints and the Panthers for a, a season uh, while I was trying to figure out this whole uh, post-college uh, crisis of, of just like not having the right internships and trying to figure out um, where I'm going to move and who's going to hire me. But I landed in Pittsburgh um, about six months after I stopped playing, and I worked in finance for about a year and a half. And uh, yeah, we'll stop there for right now. Cool. Um, so kind of going back to your childhood, um, what was growing up in North Carolina like? It was crazy. Like, looking back, I had a great childhood. Like, you are exposed to so much as a, as a, a, a North Carolinian just from, like, you got the coast, you have the mountains. Uh, you, you can really go anywhere within the state and... Um, you've got your license. A lot of people who I went to college with didn't drive because they were either at a boarding school or they lived in the city. So like, there's a lot of things that like we were privy to like growing up in the South that I took for granted. But looking back, I'm like, dang, like I really valued my time in North Carolina. That being said, my experience in, in college at Wake Forest completely shifted how I'd want to raise my family. And I think that I would want to raise my family uh, either in the north, like up in north, like New York or like down in Florida, just because I vibed with those people when I was in college and I love their values and like what they brought to the table. And kind of going back to how you were raised, I noticed like on your Instagram and stuff, you seem like you're really, really close to your mom mm -hmm. and like, you know, they say relationship with your mom kind of tells you a lot about how you like what your relationship is with other people. So mm -hmm. do you mind kind of just talking about that at all? Yeah. So I feel like. I didn't really appreciate everything my mom did for me until I got to college, and then I started trying to—I started having to make decisions for myself, and then I was just like thinking about everything that my mom sacrificed for my brother and myself, like being a single parent mother, and I'm just like my appreciation for her just grew more and more as like I saw how hard life was and the things that she sacrificed to make sure that my brother and myself got an education, got to basketball practice on time, always had food on the table, and didn't feel like we were less than anybody else. 
Awesome. And so do you think a lot of your values come from her? A hundred percent. I think that in the truest sense, like we're uh, uh, a product of our environment. And um, I'm just fortunate for my mom's just strong faith and just for her resilience and just being an uh, independent mother and strong woman. Uh, definitely things I look for uh, when I'm looking uh, to, to for someone in a relationship, just those qualities as well as just like the type of man I want to be uh, and, and the type of person I want to be for my kids and, and so forth, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you went, went to college and were going to play football, kind of how was that for you and like how was your mom supportive? Was she nervous? Was she <laughs> sad? Do you go? She was happy just because like at that point, like when you're a... Uh, like a 17, 18 year old boy, you have a lot of energy and you start to just rebel and think that you know everything. So me being out of the house was probably the best thing. And my brother was like constantly in and out of trouble. So um, her having the, the house to herself, she probably kind of enjoyed. But at the same time, she, she definitely missed having me around. Just, um, she would come up to all our games and whatnot. But um, being in Winston-Salem, it wasn't too far away from home where I couldn't shoot back and see my buddies who were at State and Carolina and I'd drop in. Uh, make a, a cookout run or a Bojangles stop. Shout out to Bojangles. Um, and, 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 yeah. That's awesome. And then, okay, kind of focusing on the football part, what was that like in college? And then what was that like after college when you played professionally? Yeah, so I think that I think football gets a bad rap from a lot of people because um, a lot of people see the negative side effects of, of, of people who have, who have been affected by it from a, like a – brain injury standpoint but what I see is as a as a, a platform and a, and a vehicle for people to level the playing field who uh, come from situations where they couldn't afford to go to college or they didn't have um, a support system at home and this kind of provided discipline and a trajectory for them to try to, to change the course of their uh, family's name and history just from uh, things that come with going to college on an athletic scholarship uh, an education and an opportunity to play professionally and make a lot of money and, and get your family out of a bad situation. That's awesome. So why do you stop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of different things. I think my body wasn't just, I think my body wasn't built for the game. Um, I was constantly fighting injuries. I've had a bunch of surgeries, broken bones. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway for me in college was I realized that you didn't have to play professional sports to make a lot of money because parent weekend I'm seeing people roll up in Rolls Royces and <laughs> yeah. Range Rovers and Ferraris and I'm like these dudes don't look like athletes like <laughs> like I, I'm trying to set myself up for something like that and um, that's kind of when I started to shift uh, my perception of, of what I was capable of being at Wake Forest and um, really focus on the academics so um, uh, I think a lot of that went into why I wanted to major in economics. Cool and so I have to ask, what was Pittsburgh like? My dad's a <laughs> huge Pittsburgh fan, and he loves the Steelers, so... Shout out to the Berg. Um, Pittsburgh was dope. It was freezing cold, so it prepared me for these crazy New York winters. Um, the people in Pittsburgh couldn't be nicer. Uh, it was very uh, affordable. Um, I loved where I lived. I loved the people I worked with. There wasn't anything I didn't like about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is one, one of my favorite places in the country. Um, and that being said... When I took a trip up to New York after I graduated, when I was living in Pittsburgh, it was my first time coming to the city. And um, 
two months after coming up here, I quit my job and I had taken the first thing I could find up here and moved up here. So. Damn. So what was that like? Like, did you have any expectations coming in? Was it ever overwhelming? You know what? I didn't really have any expectations. I was, I moved up here because I felt like I was missing out on life. Like I was super comfortable in, 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 in Pittsburgh. I was making enough money to where, um, I could do, I could do everything I enjoyed doing. And, um, I wouldn't, I didn't have to stress about anything. But when I took a trip up to New York for the first time, I just, my eyes were opened up to a whole nother world of like what was possible, what people were pursuing, um, just being super connected because Pittsburgh's kind of an isolated city. Um, you'll have people who are going to Philly and they'll be like, yo, Matt, I'm in Philly for the weekend. Like, I'm going to come check you out in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, bro, Pittsburgh's seven hours away from <laughs> Philly. Like, you're not close. Maybe if you're in Morgantown, Virginia, you'd be close. But, uh, no, nah, Pittsburgh's not really near anything, and um, it was hard to get people to come out there and visit. So being in New York City, it was super easy to stay connected with people and just build relationships. So how do you kind of, I mean, you saw, you know, New York with rose-colored glasses, and then <laughs> kind of after living here, you see maybe it's, you know, the subway is not as fun as you thought. Like, what yeah. kind of, like, how do you adjust and whatnot? Man, so I would say New York, in the truest sense, is a sink or swim, like, you're just thrown into this this crazy city um, where the expectations are the highest and, and everyone's overachievers and the most is asked of you. So you're either going to find a way to figure it out or you're going to sink. And um, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by a, a, a great cast of, of characters with um, living with my uh, roommate from college. Shout out to Pat Long and, and Connor Delaney. They took me in and let me sleep on their couch for three months when I was trying to figure it out um, just because I wasn't really sure. Uh, with that job that I had taken, that first job I took, I was like, man, I don't know if this is like for real, for real. Like I got to make sure that I can, I can, I can tough it out here before I sign a lease. So, um, yeah, uh, it was just, a, it was three months of just trying to figure out who I am and like the, the type of person I'm going to be going forward because, um, the city will eat you up and spit you out. Definitely. And kind of, I mean, in a different sense, like how do you like the social life here? I mean, literally the city that never sleeps. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's like anything you want, you can find here from a food standpoint, from a culture standpoint, from a good time standpoint. Like you've got to have self-control and you've got to have, like I said, a good support system because if you don't, then it can get out of control. And um, for me, that first three months was kind of like that. I'm just like, you feel like you've got to do everything and anything just because you feel like, it's the first. It was the first time I've been exposed to these things, and I'm like, I'm gonna miss out on this. I don't wanna, like, what if what if I miss this? I don't wanna think about what this good time I'd be missing out was like. I'm gonna be there. So I said yes to everything. I was going out every night. I was staying out late. I was going to happy hours, spending money I didn't have, like just the typical, like trying to trying to fake it in New York, and um, it's exhausting uh, because it eventually. Uh, those hours of, of, of sleepless nights catch up to you and, and it suffers in your work or it suffers in your social. And it started to suffer uh, for me on both. And so I just had to make a decision and that's when I moved off the couch and I found a spot right down the street. Do you think that that like kind of fear of missing out, do you think that's a good thing necessarily? Um, I think it's healthy because... Um, the opposite of that is just like having zero interest in what's going on around you. So mm -hmm. like for me, it took me being curious and like realizing that I'm actually not missing out on anything 
to come to that conclusion that you just mentioned where it's like, I'm not missing out. Like you become super yeah. selective on how you spend your time because your time's more valuable the longer you're up here and, and you realize that your hours during the day are numbered. So like every hour, every minute's gotta be accounted for uh, because you could be doing something productive with your time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You kind of seem like you have a lot of perspective and are able to kind of look at things from above and kind of make your decisions that way. Yeah, once you waste enough time doing things that are unproductive and unbecoming of just like being successful up here, then you start to realize very quickly like how you should be allocating your time. And um, if you don't, you're not going to get anything done. And um, you don't hear anything about anybody who doesn't get anything done. That's true. Well, I want to hear more about what you've been doing, but I'm going to just take a really quick break and then we'll get back. Sick. Okay, Matt just got another cookie and now we're going <laughs> to continue the episode. Cookie so, count is at seven right now. Oh, I'm so excited. I need, I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. Um, anyway, so kind of we talked about, you know, did the past or I guess the first part of your life, but it seems like a lot has happened in these past six months or so you've you kind of you know become a celebrity <laughs> you've been on like the cooking or the cooking channel food network that's what I was that's what I meant and um I mean I'm definitely your least important person interviewing you <laughs> that's so false. well that's maybe false. one day um <laughs> anybody who bakes fresh cookies is is, is up there call me Martha Stewart um <laughs> what's that been like just um, overwhelming at all or has it been exciting or just like can you even you know what it? it's um just being in the spotlight with sports uh in college and just growing up in high school True. like it's 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 not really overwhelming um it's just you, you just have to take it for what it is it's not um you're you have to realize you're the same person like I'm, I'm no different than i was before anybody figured out what we were doing um it's been cool because it's all been centered around positive things and that's like everything that's come from uh, everything ABC Food Tours and um, that project's been super rewarding and um, the more eyes and, and press we've gotten on the program is directly impacted how many lives that we can benefit. That's am amazing. Um, but I really want to hear like the story behind ABC Food Tours. Kind of, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're my listeners have like heard of it, but I don't know if they know the actual story behind it and how you started the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> if you could just kind of talk about that. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, it honestly came from just being unfulfilled in my job, you know, like I, I was doing, I'm just sitting there one day at work and I'm just like really internalizing what I'm doing at my desk. And I'm just like, I went through four years of college, all these internships, all these interviews, all of these connections, all the studying in my life has brought me to this point at this desk when I'm doing something that I really don't want to be doing. And um, me personally, it's hard for me to be patient when you see people around you being successful who had similar stories as you and um, it's just kind of like you have to put the blinders up and just run your own race because everyone's different and everyone's path isn't going to be the same. But if your intentions are pure, it's going to get you to the right place. So um, with, with ABC Food Tours, um, when I was in college, I, I really enjoyed working with students. And I didn't feel like I was empowered to have those conversations and those interactions with students anymore because I wasn't an athlete. I was just a, a guy working at a real estate brokerage firm. 
and um, no one's getting hype about someone coming in <laughs> who works at a real estate place uh, to talk about their life or <laughs> what's going on. So yeah. I'm like, how can I get these kids excited about like what we have going on so that we can um, use that time with them to just kind of talk about our experience and just help mold them into the young men that they can become. And um, it was it was numerous conversations with friends like Javier and Tyler about um, our vision for what we wanted to do with ABC Food Tours. And uh, it really all came uh, to a point when I was leaving one of my favorite restaurants in the Lower East Side, uh, Bob White's Counter. It's in Alphabet City, 6th Street and Avenue C. And um, they have the best fried chicken and mac and cheese. Let's check um, it out. <laughs> yeah, you gotta check it out. Uh, shout out Bob White's. And um, there's this group of kids outside and they were giving me a hard time about my pants and like what I was wearing and they are just going in on me like third and fourth graders. So we're just going back and forth, it's like 11 <laughs> at night. And I'm like, 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 what are you doing in our neighborhood? I'm like, man, I came all the way up, I came all the way down here from the Upper West Side. Like, I love their mac and cheese and their fried chicken. Like, Bob White's is my favorite spot. And they're like, what's Bob White's? And I'm like, how do these guys live across the street from my favorite restaurant that I'm traveling all the way across the city for like multiple times a week and they've never experienced it? Yeah. And I'm just like, dang, like that's real. So I reached out to their principal Miss Ramos at PS 188 and I'm like, hey, I met some of these knuckleheads outside Bob White's last night. Uh, I'd really like to take them to Bob White's along with some of my favorite restaurants in, in Alphabet City, like Miss Lily's and um, mm, Luke's Lobster. Yeah. And she thought I was crazy, but she's like, all right, you can do it. Like, we'll see how this goes. And uh, that was about a year and a half ago. And now we work with that entire school district, which is like 27 schools. We're in uh, Red Hook, Brooklyn. We're working with that entire school district, which is another 27 schools. And we're working with um, District 5, which is up in Harlem. So um, we're kind of spreading our wings in, uh, in the tri-state area, working with these inner city schools to expose them to things that um, people, exposed our, uh, people exposed us to as young kids that kind of helped shape the people that we want to be and the things we aspire to do. So what are some examples of things you do with the kids? Right. So, uh, so a lot of the kids we work with are homeless. Um, specifically at PS188, 50% of the kids that go to school there are homeless. And um, so when you're homeless, you just, um, your priorities and your thought process and, and how you internalize things is completely different than somebody who has a home. And um, one of the things that I feel like is important in childhood development is experiences. Um, that's experience going to the beach, going to the movies, going to out to eat, going on a trip. And these are all things that are afterthoughts for students who don't have housing because they're looking at where am I going to sleep where am I what am I going to eat like how am I going to uh, get to school the next morning they're not thinking about things that are critical in them developing uh, themselves as, um, as as men and women and so that's things that we try to highlight on our tours we try to do things for these students that they wouldn't have the opportunity to do so we're exposing them to culture through going to a Japanese sushi restaurant we're going to um, Tim Huans and showing them about uh, teaching them about uh, Asian cuisine through a food experience. We're teaching them about um, health and wellness through um, working with partnerships with Equinox and Soul Cycle, like showing them what it's like to live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and show them people who are doing that who look like them. So uh, that's women who own businesses in the Lower East Side, in Brooklyn, in Harlem, in, in Manhattan. That's minorities and that's immigrants. That's, that's our students. And um, showing them people like themselves 
who've made it, who uh, didn't go to college. A lot of our students aren't on track to go to college. So this is a really organic way for them to see that they're able and capable of achieving anything they want to do. That's so amazing. Um, I read on your website that you try to also incorporate um, men- introducing a mental wellness on your tours and um, something I'm really passionate about is mental health and raising awareness about um, the suicide epidemic that we're being affected by and I just was kind of curious what you guys did to um, you know introduce them to how to you know get mindfulness and happy like healthy body healthy mind kind of thing it's it's so basic that it's crazy we we introduce them to it by having them talk about it um, it's something that's not talked about and discussed enough and um, agreed you think that you're crazy uh, when you say something that you that you're going through and then when someone else in the group says that they're going through the same thing, then I say I'm going through the same thing, then one of the other mentors on the group says they're going through the same thing, then you realize we're all in it together. And I think once our students realize that, um, it builds a, a sense of trust around us and they open up a little bit more about what they're going through and it helps us kind of break that barrier and, and really see growth with our students. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. That's part of the reason I'm making this podcast um, <laughs> on so brand I, yeah I think our passion projects kind of are on a brand. little similar like that. in that way yes um so kind of this is a little bit of a segue but I know for me at least whenever I'm a little overwhelmed like one thing I find a lot of like peace with and helps me calm down is running and I'm pretty sure you're a big runner mm. like you might have already run the marathon <laughs> running it soon um, yeah could just kind of tell me about running that would make me happy (laughs) yeah no so um i think that was a great point when you said uh when you feel overwhelmed you go to running and i feel like a lot of people in the city feel overwhelmed because they put unrealistic unrealistic expectations on themselves because they're comparing themselves to people who are their same age went to the same college as them but they're in a different position than them but Again, we're all running our we're all running a race, and you've got to have your blinders up so that you can get to where you need to go. And you're not going to get there by um, envying someone else's situation. You're going to get there by tying up your shoes and getting it done. Um, and so for me, whenever I feel overwhelmed, um, I just pray, just because that's just what um, I that's I see how it's worked for my mom and just like growing up in a religious household. Um, I just go to God about it and. I, uh, I go to fitness. I just try to find healthy outlets to uh, get through stressful situations so that I'm not turned into things that are unbecoming like going out and drinking and eating and binge eating and um, just hurting myself. You know, like a lot of things that people turn to, uh, I try to find healthy ways to, to get that energy out and to just kind of get back on track because um, it's 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 not something that's going to get any easier as you get more responsibility so finding a healthy way to manage that um, you can start to help others is that something you kind of grew up with or do you think kind of having lived in New York a couple of years you matured did you ever have a time where you're you know going out later or doing like or using other resources or drugs or things like that that you you know Uh, yeah I'm not perfect I mean I've I've definitely done things that are unhealthy to, to cope with uh, things that, that you're going through. Um, but I think what helps is having accountability partners and, and talking to people about it. Um, you know, um, I'm constantly having that conversation with people in my family and my brother because he's in and out of trouble. So I'm having those conversations about staying on track. And, um, and once you hear that, uh, or once you tell somebody that, uh, it's so easy to get back off track. Um, mm-hmm. and
think that the purest form of that would be a diet. Like we've all been on a diet and we've all broken the diet, but then it just takes us reassessing and getting back on our diet to get back on track. Like there's going to be slip ups. There's always going to be slip ups, but just assessing what you're going through and then getting back on track. Like we're human, like it's going to happen. So uh, just finding healthy ways to do that so that you can help other people. Yeah. And I think a lot of it also is kind of like you have to be kind to yourself because sometimes, you know, you slip up and then if you're hard on yourself, you're like, Oh, I'm so stupid. Like it's not even worth trying again. I can't get it done. But it seems like you kind of learn to forgive yourself and maybe that's kind of what led you to this self-awareness that you have now. Yeah. You just, you, you just go through it enough and you, you just, you just learn to stop beating yourself up and, and realize that you're human. Um, no one's perfect and uh, when you realize that and when I realize that I just learn to forgive myself because I'm gonna make mistakes and um, as long as I grow from them and I don't make the same ones over and over again then I'm making a new mistake and we're getting closer towards uh, just being a better person yeah I think we should all take something from that um, we're gonna take a short break and then keep listening because I think the next section is gonna be um, pretty exciting <laughs> Okay, we're back. Um, okay, Matt, I have to ask because I've been harassed by all of my friends. Um, what your what is your relationship status? <laughs> um, you know, my my thing right now is just focusing on um, just being the best version of myself. And um, until I'm that version, I I can't focus on making somebody else happy. So um, I. Right now, I'm just focused on my work with ABC, um, everything I'm doing at work with commercial real estate, and then just everything I have going on with my family. And so, so kind of, so you're single. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> um, do you believe, I mean, something that I think, I well, I certainly believe in, and I think it's not necessarily controversial, but not all people think this, but for me, I think you can't, be happy with someone else if you're not happy with yourself or like right. completely fulfilled because that's something you'd kind of agree with. Right, yeah. And I don't think it's so much about me not being happy with myself. It's more so knowing everything that goes into a relationship and knowing the the love and attention and time I want to spend with that person and they, they deserve and having been in relationships in the past where I wasn't a good boyfriend and I wasn't the person that I should be doing, the person that I know I'm capable of being. So before I get back into that, like I want to make sure that I'm ready for that, opposed to just like being selfish and just hopping into something that I'm not ready for. Is that mentality kind of um, something you've recently discovered about yourself, or like what kind of brought uh, you to that? That brought me. That was a relationship I had in high school. Uh, that happened my freshman year. Uh, it's just a very ugly breakup. Um, just I, I just wasn't a good boyfriend. Um, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of and um, I just anytime I would uh, from that point I would get close uh, with uh, like a woman in a relationship and it would, was getting to the point where it could be serious I just cut it off just because I didn't want to put myself or my heart out there again for someone to like have possession of you know yeah. and um, uh, through that whole process I reconnected with um, like that person that I had hurt and like we have a great relationship now like I I apologize for 
for uh, like my behavior. Like right after I graduated college, I reconnected with her and just, we have a good relationship now. And I think that's important. Um, you spend so much time with uh, an ex or a significant other uh, for, for it to end on, on bad terms, you know? So um, yeah. that was, I felt like that was a big growing point for me to, to, to have a healthy relationship with people that I've uh, been in relationship with. So have you yourself ever had your heart broken? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and, and again, you know, it's like, I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And, um, it's like learning, like I was talking about earlier to forgive yourself, uh, just because like no one's perfect, but through that experience, it's kind of shaped the way that I think of relationships now and the way that I see women and, and how I value um, that that relationship and that's why I think I've been so careful and um, and delicate walking the line of, of, of being ready to get into something like that because I I know from seeing um, healthy and unhealthy relationships the time and effort that it takes to be in a healthy relationship and I want to make sure that I'm at a spot where I can provide that for the person that I'm with yeah definitely and I think I mean especially in New York City, it's, I feel like, the most unforgiving place to be in a vulnerable situation where your heart's broken. And um, I actually listened to this podcast recently where they were interviewing someone um, who was talking about how to deal with breakups. And she talked about how there was this study recently um, where they did an fMR scan of a bunch of people's brains that were... Um, who had recently been broken up with and they mm. had the same, I forget, like same things lit up as a drug user because they were like so um, activated at like looking for, you know, you're like looking for what you're missing. And I think it's like that sense of like your body's kind of in withdrawal the same way someone who's, you know, withdraw, um, looking for his next fixes. And so I kind of, that kind of made me think, you know, if it's one thing to be like that and be home with your family, but in New York City where it's not the place to really be mm. fragile so right yeah no uh i think a lot of that feeling is what i felt when i was going through that and it, i feel like that's why it's taken so long for me to open up to somebody and like share that part of my life with them again just because i know what comes with with a broken heart and just with um with disappointment on both ends and um just how you feel and and i couldn't imagine feeling that having to go to work or having to to manage um people or projects um but people do and um and i want to respect that um relationship and that that you, that time you spend with somebody else so um that's why i've been so selective on like uh, who i've wanted to give that piece of me to but do you believe in love like do you think that's something that will be in your horizon 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah um, you like to live in soulmates um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, I guess so because I feel like the person you end up with is your soulmate. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything that happened, like some people say love at first sight. Like I think for me that I don't know if that could be the case. I, I could be attracted to somebody, but what's most attractive to me is, is getting to know somebody and them seeing me for who I am and less of, of, of 
what I look like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like when you really spend time with somebody is like when you fall in love with them, like you can be attracted to somebody, but like, like, like a person consciously deciding to spend time with me, knowing like everything that's like messed up with me is love for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, dang, like they're putting up with all this stuff and like making time for me. Like, like this person loves me. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's deeper to me and like more attractive and sexy than like someone who's like, may look the part like it's more about like this person like really likes me for who I am you and know accepts me with all my flaws yeah. I completely agree it's like lust at first sight versus actual love yeah exactly um, do you have do you know what your love languages are no I don't know what that is oh I can definitely explain that. <laughs> so talk to me basically what it is is every person has there's five love languages they are um, physical touch Words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and um, I know I should have said that one. Can you have more than one? You have two. All right, and I already know what, my two. They're what you, it's physical touch, acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, and why am I forgetting I already know one? my two from okay, those. What are your two? For, they're what you give to. Yeah, yeah, so, um, uh, so, words of affirmation is that mm-hmm. what you said yeah uh yeah just like uh just letting somebody know that i care about them or i'm thinking about them uh is a way that i can i show somebody that and i'm quality time quality time um dang i only have three i'm gonna I'm <laughs> narrow down to two though i would say that like positive af- like words of affirmation just because i think people need to hear it and um they got to hear it over and over because um i'm constantly reminded of things that i i don't do right and by hearing it over and over again it helps me to stay on track so like whenever I'm telling somebody I know that you have to reiterate things to people because we have short-term memories you know like Mm -hmm. we don't uh, we hear and we have selective hearing and we we just forget because we have so much going on but when you continually tell somebody something um, or I'm telling somebody I'm thinking about them or praying for them and just like thinking about them care about them getting and receiving that is like love to me as well as like acts of service because Mm -hmm. when you choose to do something like make cookies for somebody like that's like you (laughs) like there's a lot that went into that like they they took time out of their day to go to the store and they learned how to bake the cookies and take them out and like they were thinking about somebody else before themselves so like to me like that's like showing that you like really care about somebody um opposed to like spending money or throwing money at something like anybody could do that but like to actually take the time to do something like that's love to me yeah I'd say I go back and forth between the ones that I think I give and the ones I think re- I receive, but those are those are two good ones, I'd say. <laughs> um, and also, I meant to ask, um, when's your birthday? My birthday is December 5th, so you can send all presents to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I guess it's kind of coming up. Yeah, but, it's kind of um, coming up. So you're a Sagittarius? Uh, I don't I don't know a lot about the... the that I makes guess a lot so. of sense, actually, because you're, you're born leaders and you um, aren't afraid to go against the... The straight path to kind of pursue what you want to do. That yeah, makes, I would say so that, that describes makes a lot me. Of sense. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> with, with, I mean, you yeah, know, like leaving that. the corporate job to do a passion <laughs> project and yeah, I accept that. And also, you tell the truth always, and you're always honest. Yeah, you got to be. So, um, ladies, if you're, um, you know, most compatible with Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna take a quick break, and then we'll end with the final questions. back um, and now I'm just gonna dive in I still don't have yet to name this section but basically I'm just gonna fire some 
really deep questions at Ooh. you, and you're gonna. You're yeah, gonna I thought we'd gone deep. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, we, we went deep, but we're we're still diving. Oh, <laughs> man. All right, let's get it. Okay, what is one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Man, um, I would say just growing up with a single parent home. Like, uh, I just value. I think my relationship with women is is stronger than it is with men and um it's it's helped me to um just grow as as a as a as a man just having to to see my mom go through what she's gone through and like it's also uh, has me think about the man that i want to be to like my wife or my girlfriend just because i saw how it affected my mom from a negative standpoint like uh, him not being around the way he treated her so like that's the last thing that I would want to do is, is have any woman go through what my mom's gone through that's amazing I mean she definitely seems like she's shaped you into an incredible person like the person <laughs> you are I'm trying um, next question is do you believe everything happens for a reason uh, absolutely um, you know every, uh, my, my belief is that everything that's hap- everything that happens was going to happen and it's what you do with what happens that shapes what's gonna happen. So like, um, if that's losing a job, if that's uh, having a drug problem, like there's a positive that you can take out of any negative situation. And um, that's kind of my mentality uh, when anything bad happens. I'm like, all right, God, like what's the good that you're gonna bring out of this situation? Because I know it's, it's in there somewhere. And um, when you have that perspective on life, then you're always moving in the right direction. That you're always learning. Yeah good way to look at it um if a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself your life the future or anything else what would you want to know if anything um i think this one's hard that's a good question um i'd probably ask it how i could get through to my brother just because he's hard-headed and um he, he he makes life hard for himself so I just like want to know a way that I could get through to him, and like maybe that would help me get through to like my pops and like other people who are going through like similar things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you there's maybe you could listen to this episode and hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Plugging my own podcast. <laughs> When's the last time you felt really lonely? Um, you know it goes in and out like. It's, it's like New York's a crazy place because there's so many people here and like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and like it doesn't have to be like that like I'll be in my apartment like just like secluded and like on like YouTube or something watching dumb videos and I'm just like why am I by myself and I'll just like text a buddy like yo come over like yo I need to I need to be around people so I'll just walk around the city so like I'd say constantly like you're like when for me, like, I need the stimulation of people. So, like, when I'm not around people and getting that energy, like, I love having a roommate. I don't think I'll ever have a single um, unless I'm, like, married or something. Like, I need to have roommates just mm-hmm. because I, I, I need that energy. So, whenever I'm feeling lonely, I'll just leave my apartment and I'll walk around my neighborhood or I'll, like, go get food or just, like, FaceTime a friend and yeah. um, just, like, get me back on track. Yeah, kind of what I was, like, telling you earlier before we started recording, just... I think that's like the biggest irony of New York is everyone is lonely, but we're we're all feeling the same thing. So technically, we're all together in that loneliness, and right. it's just kind of ironic. But, yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy. That's well, this is kind of on the other end.
And um, what do you love most about yourself? Um, I feel like... You're very uh, self-aware, so I feel like you've <laughs> <laughs> got to have something. Um, I like that... Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't like to talk about myself, so... Hmm. What do I like about myself? What do you love about yourself? What do I love about myself? Um... I feel like you gotta I mean there's so much you've done there's like so many people you've helped out you seem like a very selfless <laughs> person like uh, maybe you're, you're I guess uh, humble I guess, <laughs> <Your humility. laughs> I guess what I like about my, what I love about myself is um, my willingness to embrace other people um, just because I know what it's like to feel like an outcast um, just from like having like a white mom and like a black dad like you go through things like as a, as a kid where it's like you're not black or you're not white it's like dang like what am i and like or you're you're going through something at school you're going through something uh, as a new kid in, in the new city like so like my ability to embrace people and make them feel welcome and, and at home and and not like an outsider is something i pride myself in and when you do that i feel like people want to be around you and you want people to want to be around you you know yeah i mean that's i think the best quality you can take from that kind of a situation because it's you know the the more people that you can invite into your life and accept it's like the more friends you have the more confidants you have and people to go to and people have your back so i think that's a very great answer <laughs> um what is a quote you live by do you have a favorite quote oh man um um you were religious do you have like a favorite 100 percent. yeah no i'm thinking of two right now um two can work <laughs> i think that um i think that the one that comes to mind first is like god works all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose so it's like when you're going through something and it seems rough it's like man like i can't believe like i just got fired or i can't believe i just lost my mom or my dad but like I can like rest assured in that verse because it's like this is all being this is all there's a there's a positive that's coming out of this because like everything in my life is being worked for the good because I know that like I'm in line with like what God wants me to be and where I'm at so like like I find peace in that you know so there's never a situation that I come across where I'm just like dang this is devastating because it may be at the time but like in reality like it's really not because it's like going to be used for good so I'm not even tripping over it yeah, I love that. That's that's a really great. I have to write that down for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. And my last question, um, which is the name of this podcast, obviously, <laughs> um, but in one sentence, how do you, Matt James, find solace in the city? I find solace in the city through my relationships with others. That's beautiful. Hopefully. We'll have a friendship that <laughs> goes past this podcast. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so Matt, I I just can't thank you enough for like letting me interview you. Um, record two times because I can't work <laughs> a microphone. Eat my cookies oh, even if they're bad. I don't know. No, your <laughs> cookies were fire, and uh, that's just like like before like when we were starting to record the podcast. Like we were like twenty minutes in, and, <laughs> and none of it was recorded. But oh, like gosh, that's gosh. just like that's, that's life. life. Yeah. That's like New York City. Like you do something that's like fire. And it's like, all right, like, what have you done for me lately? Or like, yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> no one like, saw it. Yeah, no one saw it. So it's like, just like, 
grinding. Like it's like that was just like so New York for that to happen. That's but no, like I feel like I'm honored to be in like at the ground level of this because you you do a really good job and I'm excited for you. Thank you. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um. So where can everyone follow you on Instagram? Plug all your stuff. <laughs> uh, follow ABC Food Tours because if you follow ABC Food Tours, you'll see what we're doing uh, with students not only in New York City but across the country and, and hopefully across the world. Um, we've got some really exciting stuff going on and I'm looking forward to, to some of this holiday programming we've got coming, so stay tuned. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, how, how can my listeners donate? Like, can we volunteer? Uh, how, how can they get involved? I think the best donation is people's time. So if you mm-hmm. have uh, a skill, whether that be like let's say that you're a mechanic like we're not going to ask you to sing to our kids and if you're <laughs> an artist we're not going to ask you to fix a, a broken machine like like whatever you bring to the table like we want you to to showcase for our students and- <laughs>